So this morning we get to have a special word from, from some guests joining us from Envision uh, Miami, which uh, is uh, really exciting because uh, earlier this year we were able to send a team down to, uh, to work there in, in Miami, and it was a really awesome opportunity. There's uh, myself and uh, six others that went down, and uh, we had a really, really great time. In fact, we're actually going back down there again. I, I wanted to make that quick. We don't have an announcement in the thing. Uh, the new sheet quite yet, but uh, next week that will be coming. Um, there'll be some more information about that, but that's in February. And, uh, and if you have that bug to go, and this morning as our guest chairs, um, I hope that kind of like invigorates that a little bit. And uh, it's really an awesome opportunity. It's, it's a very doable trip, um, not very expensive at all. And uh, it's, it's just a very, um, it impacts you going down there. It's, it's, it's not it's still a part, very much a part of the United States, but you go down there and you, you walk around and you feel like, I am literally the only person in this whole store that speaks English. Like, it's, it's like you're in another country. Miami is a very uh, multicultural kind of a place, and it's exciting, and it's also a very spiritually dark place. Lots of need there for, for uh, people to go to minister and to really break through in, that, in, in, in the darkness down there. And it's, it's, it's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity, but so much pushback. I mean, we can't even imagine. We think we have it hard here in Saratoga, uh, just in the Northeast, but in Miami, it's a spiritual, so much, it's spiritual to a so much bigger degree that's like in your face. And, um, and uh, so as uh, we hear uh, from Adam and, uh, and Laura today, um, to just uh, really, uh, hear their words, hear his words and what he's sharing as, as, they, uh, as they step forward uh, and going down to Miami um, to work and, and um, um, partner with the ministry down there. But Adam and Laura, they, they, came, uh, they came up from New Jersey yesterday. You can come up here, guys, if you want. <laughs> they have two little girls, and, and they're like, we don't know how they're going to do in the service, so we'll see. <laughs> but this is Adam and Laura Atkinson, and uh, their two little daughters. Um, oh. Mia and uh, and Jazz, they're an awesome family that came up yesterday from New Jersey, and they are here to uh, share what they are going to be a part of at, with Envision Miami, um, and also give us the opportunity to participate and partner in various ways. That can look financial, it can look prayer, it can look resources. There's a lot of different ways that we can partner, and Adam will share a lot about that this morning. But this is an exciting thing because a lot of times, some of us don't, we work full time. Maybe we don't have the vacation time to go on a trip or do something else or have the finances. We can still participate. And this is exactly what, <laughs> this is exactly what this is this morning. So as, uh, as they share, also there's an there's a, uh, opportunity to hear a little bit more at our house tonight. We're going to have some ice cream and they're going to be there to share more in depth about the ministry. It's just going to be a fun little time of fellowship. So I don't want to take too much longer. <laughs> I'll just pray for them real quick and uh, they can take it away. Jesus, we just pray for this morning. We pray for Adam and Laura and the girls as they're here with us ministering. And we just, uh, we just pray that you would really speak through them. Uh, with what you'd have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> Appreciate that. We'll, how long this lasts. we'll probably take, take. Okay. Can you hear us, Terry? Okay. So I just wanted to briefly introduce our family to you guys. As you can tell, it's like they're like very thin eyes right now. <laughs> so we have our youngest daughter right here. It's uh, Jazzy, and she's 17 months. She was actually born in the Dominican Republic. We were serving there for two years, and uh, we had a little blessing that we got to take home with us. <laughs> And then this is Mia. Yeah. Mia, you want to say hi? Say hi, sweetheart. <laughs> okay. okay. It's all right. <laughs> so Mia is uh, three years old. She just turned three in May. Yeah. And then she was uh, born in New Jersey. So I don't know if anyone 
here's from Jersey, mm-hmm. but <laughs> and um, my name is Laura. I was actually born in Mexico. I grew up in Colombia, and then I lived in Philly, and then I uh, I married a, a Jersey boy. So <laughs> you can come to the ice cream social to hear a little bit more of my story. I'm a little bit from everywhere, yeah. as you can tell. Sorry. But Adam is the talker of the family, so I'm going to let him take it away. So, All right. oh, I that right there. Appreciate that. Thank you, guys. We just want to introduce our family real quick. Uh, we didn't know how they were going to act, but they're pretty good. But we want to just show the, the craziness of the Atkinson family. And, you know, so it's, they're, they're always... There are crazy chicas. All three of them always keep me on my toes, but I love them. <laughs> They're so exciting. Uh, just thank you so much for having us here. It's been a blessing getting to meet Corey and Ashley and Pastor Nathan today. And I just want to thank you for having me. Uh, I know it might be tough to put up with my Jersey accent, but it is i can't change it sorry it can go to spanish or jersey it's both hard to understand at times so <laughs> we'll stick with jersey and see how we can how we can go but i do want to oh there is a family slide right there um so this month was 4th of july right Did everyone have a good 4th of july cookouts fireworks everything right well I want to tell you a story because this is our first time meeting and I want to, I feel like we're a family already and I want you to know the Atkinsons and Adam as much as you can. So I'm going to share with you guys a little something and this is a, again you saw me and Jazzy, this is us on 4th of July morning. Uh, We were in Jersey and my parents decided to dress the girls up in red, white and blue and gave them the flags, and we're ready to start the festivities. Have a great 4th of July. And as all 4th of Julys or all holidays, it doesn't usually go as planned, right? For me, I usually, there's a little thing that you guys can definitely pray for me, is I tend to get hurt in not the most normal way, but the most unusual way possible. It's, it's an Adam thing. It's like, you know, this is how people get hurt. I get hurt the craziest out of this world way. So, 4th of July, I will give you a disclaimer. It ended with me in the hospital. But I'm okay. Just remember that. So don't worry about me. It's, you know, it's all good. But this was the moment we had the girls. They were cute, all red, white, and blue. And we're like, Laura took a picture of them and was uploading it on Instagram. This is the picture. It got tons of likes. It was one of our best ones because they're, they're cute and it's good. So as my phone does like, boop, upload complete, I'm holding Jazzy in my arms, and Mia, our three-year-old, is doing twirls, and she's like, Poppy, Poppy, look. They tag team. That's what they do. You got to be careful. So I look over, and I'm like, Mia, what's up? Jazzy's holding this American flag, as in the picture, and she decides, you know, this flag should be in Poppy's ear. So with all of her might, she does, funk right into my ear. There was blood, there was screams. <laughs> I had an American flag sticking out of my head. It was, it was kind of funny, to tell you the truth. But, you know, I went to the hospital, and that's, that's the thing. For me, it was embarrassing to go into the hospital and, 
you know, it was like 10 o'clock in the morning, and we're like, I got a flag stuck in my ear. And, you know, I saw the nurses, they were like reaching for the breathalyzer, like, all right, let's go, what's going on here? I'm like, no, no, my daughter, it was a one-year-old, she's stuck into my ear, I, I'm, you know, I'm totally there, it's just, it's, it's just an Adam thing. So that's a little glimpse, you can never tell by this picture, it was so cute, and there's a, a great story, like two minutes after that photo. But, <laughs> but I, I'm telling this story, not only because it's funny and a little bit about myself, but I want to emphasize on word associations. Word associations. When I started this story and said, 4th of July and I'm going to the hospital, you probably thought, okay, you know, what's the common things maybe on 4th of July? Maybe fireworks, maybe, you know, being Jersey and Phillies across in New York. Maybe I was a, a Joey Chestnut and I ate, tried to eat too many hot dogs. I don't know. But nobody here turned to their neighbor and was like, I bet you it's going to, this story's going to end with an American flag in his ear. No one assumed that. No one was like, oh, that's how this story's going. I know it. Classic. No, it's a first time, <laughs> and I'm bringing it to you guys. So that's a word association. And I mention that because, as you know, Laura and I and our family is going down to Miami to serve. And as I tell a lot of people about Miami, there's some word associations with Miami. Now, I'm blessed that I, uh, seven individuals came to Miami this last year, right? Who was, is anyone here from the group? All right. So you guys have the little cheat sheet and know. But for the other people, how many people visited Miami in their life? Done a vacation, visited, right? It's a beautiful city. I love Miami. There's no denying how beautiful it is. For me, there's over 15 miles of beaches just in Miami alone. And not just beaches. Uh, coming from Jersey, I know some bad beaches, and there are some good ones. There's famous beaches like Miami Beach, South Beach. There's unbelievable fruit trees just grown on the tree. You can pick a mango and eat it. There's a lot of good things that Miami offers. Beautiful skyline, city by the sea. You have five professional sports teams, and you guys are upstate New York, so I'm guessing maybe you guys are Syracuse fans for football. I'm not sure. Don't hate me, but there's a, you know, go you. The Miami Hurricanes is down there. So there's a lot of good things about Miami. There's no denying the beautifulness of the city. But that's not all there is. And that's not what calls Laura and I to go down to Miami, even though that's what is always on the publications and everyone, there's no denying it. But that's not what drove us to Miami. What drove us was other statistics. Statistics like what's on this board right here. And for the seven that went down and for those who are going down, this is what we see. This is, there's a spiritual cloud of darkness that's just over the sunshine state that is Miami. It's a 6 million population in Miami. And of that, 70% of the population, of that 6 million, have no religion at all. No religion affiliation. In fact, only 5%, roughly 300,000 individuals of Miami, have some religious affiliation, uh, some Christian affiliation. That's 95% of the city, of that 6 million that doesn't know God as a personal Savior. 
has no religion, has, does not associate with the Christian faith. There's a lot of work to be done there. There's a rise in, we see a heavy rise in voodoo and santeria. In fact, for the seven that came down, you guys probably uh, heard from Matt himself, tell that one time we saw firsthand how a Haitian church uh, took it upon themselves to actually come to where our work team campus is and the church and actually put a voodoo curse on the property because uh, they don't want God's word to be spread in the community. This is how they act. And it was a Haitian church. Obviously not a faith-believing church like you would assume. But that's just um, a glimpse of how Santeria and voodoo is still active in this world. When you get upset, they tend to leave biblical principles and act into their tradition of voodoo and Santeria. Uh, actually, just this last year, North Miami uh, just passed the rule that, passed the law that you can now have live animal sacrifices for religion purpose because uh, they were doing it anyway and it was just easier to make it a law acceptable. So now animal sacrifices is all right because of the rise of Santeria and voodoo. This is stuff that we see in Miami. This is a calling that, you know, this is the beautiful things that we see that say it's a lot of nastiness, but there's a need for Christ. Another great statistic is we saw that over 60% of that population was actually born outside the United States of America. We see this as another great strength. As Laura mentioned, the girls were all crazy and talking, but she mentioned that our family's kind of international as we spent the last two years in the Dominican Republic. Jasmine, our youngest daughter, was born in the DR, and Laura was born in Mexico and grew up in Colombia. We're hoping to take all those strengths that we have acquired in our life, and God has given us our spiritual gifts, and apply it to Miami where there's a desperate need. So these are the statistics that drew us down. These are the stories that we saw, and as we, were, as we have been maturing in our faith for the last six years, we have saw God give us great gifts and say, okay, this is who we are. This is the spiritual gifts that God has given us. Where does he want us to go and apply that? We saw this options, and we said, this is an amazing opportunity, and we're so excited to go down to Miami. I want us all right now to turn to Romans chapter 1 and have that open because I want to try to integrate Romans chapter 1 with some stories of Miami and put it all together and give you a little glimpse because two weeks ago, uh, no, my bad, a month ago, uh, Laura and I brought down the girls and we went down to Miami for nine days. And uh, we had a group of 50 individuals come down from Omaha, Nebraska. It was actually the site coordinator, Matt and Terry's, uh, their home church. They came down and brought 50 individuals down. It was mostly a teenage group. It was a youth group with some uh, adult helpers. And on the plane ride down, Laura and I was challenged because we loved these stats and said, okay, this is what sold us. But I'm a sports fan. Is anyone else a sports fan here? All right. And probably not the same teams, but we get along. <laughs> I know that statistics are great in sports, but it doesn't tell the whole story. I can't, you know, you can sit there, uh, this last Super Bowl, Tom Brady had better QB rating than Nick Foles, but Nick Foles was MVP and won the Super Bowl. Statistics don't tell the whole story. 
So I said, as much as I love this ministry-wise, I want to know the faces. I want to know the stories of Miami. I don't want to just look and say 5%. I want to say, where is that 95%? What's it look like? What's it look like to me? So we prayed that prayer on the airplane. And it's interesting because God answered in a huge way. And one of those is Romans chapter 1, verse 29 uh, through 32 is what I want to focus on. But it's funny, I read uh, Romans 1 so many times throughout my life. I have read it a lot, and it was up to this moment that it really just clicked and hit home with me. Right before we went to Miami, I read it and I said, "This this is it. And the whole entire week, I kept reading and meditating on chapter 1, and it just became more clear and clear. I'm going to read it right now. It's 29. It says, sorry, my eyes are not that good right now. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanders. God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They have invented new ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but they also approve of those who practice them. So, I never, I'll be honest with you, I never thought in my life I was going to read, preach on a message of just shouting out sins. That's not usually my style. But when I kept reading this, it jumped out to me. And I have right up here everything that we just read, a bunch of those sins. And to me, as I read this, it's, it's ugly. It's bad. Those things up there, there's a lot of bad words up there that scare us, that we don't want to associate with. Uh, things that just are not, not nice. But it's up there in bold. It's up there for a reason. And as I kept reading this, it becomes clear that in Miami, you see a lot of this. You see a lot of this. You see this in the world. This is the world. This is the world. And this is not how I intend, because in Romans chapter 1, I want you to just read if you have time this week, actually you are because tomorrow you're going to read Romans chapter 1, I found out, which is great. So really meditate on that, the whole chapter. Actually, in, before, in verse 17 on, it says that God the creator, when he created this world, everything shouts to God, clearly as the creator. The only problem is that Satan is active in this world and he doesn't want it. So he has all these things attacking the flesh. It's basically that low-bearing fruit. This is what he's throwing at us. And the beautiful thing about it is we, as humans, we have settled. We have settled and said, well, this is easy. This is the easy option. Let's just choose this and deny loving Christ. Even though everything does point to God, Satan doesn't want that. So he has these sins out there. So as I read this, I said, this is the world. When I go to Miami and I saw and I met people that associated with these sins. And I said, this is Miami. But as I meditated more, you know what I saw? I saw all these things I saw myself. This is me. As ugly and terrible as all those sins are, that was me 
before Christ changed me. Before Christ took me out of that and saved me. Now, obviously, I want God spare me from having, uh, you know, terrible stories. And I wasn't all, I was, you know, grew up in a Christian home. But there was areas that, you know, that summarizes us before Christ. And that, I hate to offend you guys, but that's you guys too before Christ. This is us. And God changed us. You can also read Romans chapter 2 is a great point of saying, don't forget where you came from. This is us. And God saved us. God changed us. So now when you see me speaking today, you don't say, oh, this guy, he's a, a liar, you know, full of malice, envy, greedful, disobeying parent. You don't see that. I hope you don't see that. You say, okay, there's a guy that's coming down and you want to change lives in Miami. And that's all possible from Christ. That's all possible from you guys that you guys were just like that. That's the world. Satan is active and he wants us to identify with just these names. Say, well, this is who I am. You know, I'm too ugly. I'm too scary. This is just my path. That's what Satan wants. And I want to share a story with when we actually came down to Miami. I have, uh, that's a, I'll take a quick commercial actually, because I am excited for the ice cream social at four o'clock at uh, Corey and Ashley's house. And I say this because of one reason, is I'm a talker. And I kind of condensed this message from like five hours to whatever, half hour. So I'm, lunch is very important to me. So it's all like, I want to eat. I imagine you guys want to eat. But I have a lot of stories to tell from this week. And I would love to share a little bit more. And you can ask me questions and Laura and I. And we can share a little bit about our vision and the whole week that we were down in Miami and what our path and our vision is for Miami. So I'm going to condense. It was a great week of ministry. Uh, there was a great highlight. I'll give you a little glimpse is that we did two ministry events at night. Uh, we were active in the community during the day, doing some cleaning up in the area and doing landscaping. Uh, it was great. But at night, we broke into two groups. One was a, a vacation Bible school, and the other was a basketball camp. And it was great that throughout the week, Monday through Thursday, we did these activities. And even though Satan tried its best to throw obstacles in its way, praise God, it wasn't just a good activity or just a good participation that we actually saw 10 lives change and give their lives to Christ as their personal Savior. In one week, 10 lives and I would love to dwell a little bit more on that because it was very special. But I want to actually focus on Friday. Friday was the game changer for me. Thursday night, we found out 10 lives were changed, which is awesome. And the whole group, Nebraska, the Envision Miami, we were very excited because we saw 10 lives go to Christ. So we're like, this is awesome. So Friday comes and everyone's on that spiritual high. And Satan doesn't like that. So he didn't play by the rules, did he? When we found this out was Matt was telling me and said, as I told you earlier about the Haitian curse, and he said, you know, whatever we try, this is our focus. We want to really get into the community. There's so many people around the, the campus, but there's that, there's that fence. There's that distance that we just cannot break. He said, I want to have us, our focus is tonight, have a cookout get a ton of hot dogs, have a cookout. Let's go in the corner and let's bring the church into the community. Laura and I were on board. We're excited, right? This is awesome. This is what we want. 
So fast forward, it was going to start at 6 o'clock at night. And it's like 5.55, we're putting the hot dogs out, getting everything ready. And the group from Nebraska comes and they're like, oh, it's raining, it's raining. And we're like, it's Miami, it rains. It, give it 10 minutes and it's going to be dry, it's cool. Well, all of a sudden it was like, boom, thunder, lightning. And we're like, oh, open the door, torrential downpour. You can't even see like your hand out front of yourself. You're like, wow, there's flooding coming already, like deep water just coming. And I looked at Matt and I'm like, is this normal? He's like, oh, no. So we're kind of all right. And the, some of the groups, I won't, uh, this is the progression of the night. Some of the group members were panicking. It was like, the cookout's ruined. And we're like, no, no, no. Have faith. So me and Matt were strong. We were like, have faith. And some of the other leaders, have faith. Then we're like, all right, the crew, 25 helpers have to go to VBS. Load up the vans. No problem there, right? Well, one of the teenagers was running to the van. Remember, it was flooding already. Her flip-flop got washed off. She tripped, fell, and he, she popped her toenail off her foot. So I'm like, uh-oh. So me and Matt look, and we're like, this has to go to the hospital because it wasn't just a, you know, it wasn't just a boo-boo that our daughters get. This one was a big one, right? Hospital. So Matt says, I'll take this. I'll take her and another leader. And Adam, can you lead tonight? Gotcha, gotcha. Still, I'm, I'm strong. I told the group, the, the girl's going to the hospital. You know, she popped off her toenail. A couple more of the crew's like, the night's ruined. It's raining, and now a toenail's popped off. I'm like, no. Stay strong. Stay strong. Then, as I'm, we're sitting there and just waiting for the rain to hopefully die down, but it's not. No lie. The campus smokes, the black smoke starts coming out of the vent, and the vent just starts catching on fire. So now we're getting smoked out of the campus, and we're still rained in. So we're like 25 of us on the sidewalk, like, okay. At this point, most of the group is, all but like seven of the kids are like, this night is ruined. I actually, I will say, I'm still proud of myself. I'm like, no, 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 this is going to happen. God's at work. God's at work. Some people are looking at me crazy because they're like, black smoke is coming out of the vents. I'm like, I have no clue how to explain this. Satan's at work, but we have to have strong, we have to have faith. I get a phone call from Matt, and he says, yeah, the girl's at the hospital. It's not just a toenail, but her blood pressure is, I believe, 220 or 240, and it's life-threatening. They have to uh, admit her. She's not going anywhere. She's going to be in here for a couple days to get things straightened out. I'm like, oh my. So I'm like, guys, let's pray because now it's not just a toenail. We got some blood pressure issues and she does, you know, the next day she does go back to normal. So that was good. But at the moment we're praying and at this point, I think everybody of the whole group is this night is ruined. But I, I still had faith. I still had faith. I was like, no, this is going to happen. I'm praying. I'm like, this is going to happen, guys. The radar says the rain's not going to stop, but I have faith. I'm holding Jazzy in my arms, and I heard that sound that many parents have known. That and she had a blowout, and as I'm holding her, you know who lost faith at that point? I said, you can have smoke, rain, toenails, but poop is a whole different story. And as I'm holding Jazzy, I can't find a diaper bag. And at that point, I'm like, the night is ruined. It's off. No hot dogs, no fellowship. No, this is, I got a 
baby with a bunch of poop, and I can't find our diaper bag anywhere. And now I'm like, Satan, you won. This night clearly was over. And now I'm panicking. And the group is, we're just not in the mindset of doing ministry now because everybody's got some, you know, good excuse not to do ministry. And as we're in this, this you know, state of just panic, five kids from the basketball camp that week just come to the door. They're soaked, and they're like, is tonight still on? I'm like, oh, I got a diaper full of poop, but yes, let's do it. You know, like, I'm like, I just have to clean her up, and now it's game on again. And the one kid brought his mom and his baby sister, and we're like, this is happening. Get the hot dogs. We're like, and at that point, the rain starts clearing up. It never really stopped, but it went down to just a drizzle throughout the night. And we're like, this is happening. We don't know how it's going to look because it started out very bad. But God's at hand. God hasn't given up on us. Satan's trying to knock us all down. But tonight's still going to happen. We go out there. We fire up the grill. Little side note about Nebraska. People from Nebraska all look the same. It's so hard to recognize, you know, like, hey, Frank, Matt, Mark, I don't know which one you are. Just come here. They all are Caucasian, blonde hair, blue eyes, which helped us because we had them in the corner of the neighborhood of North Miami and Hialeah with signs and hot dogs. And there's a lot of people came up to them like, what are you doing here? Are you lost? What's going on? And they, we had the message of, you know, we've been cleaning up this area because we love, not just because we love you, we want to show you God's love. And we asked people, what is church to you? And in this moment, we had over 30 people come down, again, with the rain still sprinkling throughout the night, sat down, were talking to us. People, because they, we stood out, we're different. We're different, and we're doing a different action. We were displaying the love of Christ. And this is a moment we asked them, we said, what is church to you? And we got some real responses. Some people were brutal, said, this is what's wrong with the church. Other people were like, can I be honest? Can I really, really be honest? And we're like, yes, let's hear. And a summary of it where some people said, people said that the church is a bunch of judgmental white people that is better than anyone else and just cares about themselves. I said, wow, wow. And you know what? They told us a little bit more. They told us about the Miami way. They said, no, this is Miami. We have to survive for ourselves. The church, they're no help to us. The, the police, the government, they don't help. We fend for ourselves. We have pride. We, weakness will just get you taken over. You have pride, and you stand up, which eventually you don't back down. And what happens next is when someone doesn't back down, pride, you pull out a gun and you shoot that person because that's where the crime violence comes out. And it was real telling stuff that they were honest to us. And in this night, it was, wow, a real good glimpse of they displayed a lot of these things, a lot of those sins. And in, not only did they display it and they settled for it, it's almost like a badge for them. This is who I am. This is who I want to be. I'll scare you so you can run along because you don't know who you're dealing with. So as we talked, we broke down some borders. And we prayed for some. And it was great. There's two stories in particular I would love to share with you guys. Is there was um, one individual I saw, and his name was Fritz. And I came up to him, and he told me, he was about my age. He looks around 
you know, in the 2030 age. And he said that he uh, has a 25-year prison sentence, but he's walking around the street, so I didn't want to, oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. But he, uh, he summarized that Miami way. He let me know that he was stronger than me, that he displayed this. At times he tried to verbally try to say stuff, but then he also wanted to hear what I was saying. And I'm not going to back down and, you know, just I'm displaying the love of Christ to him and asking him questions and talking to him. And he was intrigued, but he let me know that, you know, he is that tough exterior. And after about an hour of talking back and forth, I realized that he had some biblical knowledge and a lot of worldly knowledge and very confused. And I realized that this is not really going anywhere. So I did something that I have no clue. There's very uncharacteristic of me. I looked at him and I said, can I pray for you and put my hand on you? I was, as soon as the words came out, I was trying to grab him. Like, what did I just say? And he looked at me and it was almost like that scene from the dark night where Bane is ready to break Batman's back. And I'm like, have the hand out. He looked at me took a huge step right to me and just put his hands on me and he just moved me forward and bowed his head. And I just, at this point, I'm like, what do I pray for now? <laughs> I'm like, uh, your turn. <laughs> and I'm like, so I have to, I'm praying. I'm just like, at the same time, I'm praying for him and safety and, and just for him, for spiritual issues. And as I'm praying, I'm just like, this is amazing. When was the last time a white person put his hand on him? When was the last time somebody in a non-threatening way has put their hand on him? When has somebody from the church showed love and put their hands on him? And it was interesting because even though he was stronger than me, I could feel his muscles popping out (laughs) in his arm. As I'm praying for him, you know what I felt? There was no difference between him and my two daughters when I picked them up. He's not as tough. He's tougher than me on the exterior, but I started seeing some cracks in his armor. God is stronger. He's not that tough. He wants to display his toughness. The world tells him this is what you are. He's accepted that and proud of it, but God still loves him. He's not stronger than God. It was a great moment. He didn't come to Christ at that moment, but I, I, t- I prayed for him, and he was thankful. I told him, you know, we're still going to display the love of Christ and be active in this part. Another story was a great time to show you guys who are going in the mission field, as you guys come back to Miami or as you go to West Virginia, the impact that you make. uh, As we were cooking hot dogs, there was an individual came down and he caught my attention because he had the coolest fro in the world. I saw him and I kind of identified him real quick because Laura's ashamed of this, but in college I had a pretty cool fro, if I could say so myself. So I started talking with him and I was breaking the ice with some jokes and stuff. And I said, have a hot dog, come down. And he he was kind of like eyeing up, like this is a little weird, a bunch of white people, church, but all right. He finally gets the hot dogs and he pulls the chair all the way from the group and sits down. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to give him two minutes and I'm going to go, my plan is I'm going to go back in there and really hammer it away and, you know, share Christ's love to him. So I'm waiting and I'm, you know, he's finished his hot dog. And the craziest thing happened as I was going over to share with him, I felt Christ, I felt God's hand just stop me in my tracks. And I'm like, 
what? <laughs> right on my shoulders, just stop me. And at that point, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because I'm like, I, I'm the leader here. I'm ready to share the love of Christ to them. And at that point, I saw three kids from Nebraska playing Frisbee and handing out hot dogs, telling people, hey, come on out, playing Frisbee. And just my attention saw those kids. And it was clear that I needed to tell those kids to talk to him. And I'm like, God's guiding my feet to these kids. And I'm like, oh, but me? No. I go over and I, I said, hey, guys. I said, I know you're you know, doing a good job throwing Frisbee and getting people to come in. And, but uh, that guy with the afro, I, I think you, you guys have to talk to him. And they're like, uh, why can't you? And I'm like, I, I, I want to, but I, I can't. I don't know. Like, is God, you, you guys. I'm like, you know, I can't explain really what's going on. I want to. And they're like, okay. So then I go and I have that conversation with Fritz. And later at night, I come back and I'm done. I'm excited and I'm walking by and I see they're still talking to this guy in the afro. And I go up and I go up and he's talking. And when I hear about it, I join right in and he said how unclean he is. How many things he's done in his life that the church doesn't want him. God doesn't want him. Do you know really who I am? How much does he have to clean himself up? And I joined in and as I heard this, I said again, I don't know what was going on, but I said let me just put our hands around you and pray. Is that okay? He goes and just puts a hug on me and the other kid. And I'm just, wow. And he bows his head and he says, yes, please pray for me. And we told him, we told him what Romans 1 is, is that you can identify with all these ugly things, but God doesn't matter. He will change you. He will change you. The power of Christ. At the end, after that prayer, one of the group members, that kid, has a huge smile on his face. And I said, what's going on? He said, Adam, when you came over to me, I wanted to kill you. Why did you tell me to go over? I said, I don't know. God just stopped me in my tracks. He said, I had, I want to tell you something. He said, I've been recently on five missions trips. And every single five trips, I've never, I've always weaseled out and I've never prayed for anyone. I let the leader do it. Whenever I saw something, I, you know, tapped the friend. He never did anything. His two friends, they looked at him and pushed him forward. And he had a talk with the guy. And he said, my brain, I couldn't think of anything to say. He said, I just stared at him for a couple seconds. Had no clue what to do. He said, I put out my phone and showed him a meme. And the guy started cracking up. A meme, an internet, you know, joke thing. I don't even know. I don't even get it. So he showed it to him. The guy, no lie, they had a 30-minute talk on their favorite memes. And all of a sudden, after 30 minutes of meme talk, it led into an hour and a half talk of Christ, spiritual issues, and everything. And I just, <laughs> wow. Like, that's clear. I have no clue what a meme is or how to even get a funny one. Or I don't know. I'm showing my age. But that's, I have no clue how to do it. But that's why God doesn't want me to do it. And he can use, I never thought I would sit there and say, hey, Memes could lead to a spiritual conversation, but it does. God gives you guys all different kinds of unique, different gifts. Some of them's the love of memes. Some of them's different things. But God can use that as a way to spread the gospel. I, if you would have asked me a month ago, hey, can a meme help somebody understand the love of Christ? I've been like, find another spiritual gift. But no. <laughs> This is something that actually works. What God gives you a love, a passion for, a spiritual gift for, the worst thing you can do is just sit on it and say, 
oh, someone else. So, you know, this isn't good enough. It's not the gift of, you know, Pastor Nate or Corey or Adam or Matt or anyone else. No, God gave you a special gift. Use it. Help somebody understand that they aren't that, but they could be a new creation in Christ. So those were the two stories and just a little glimpse of what we saw in Miami. We're so excited. Laura and I can't wait to come down and have a full family ministry, have the girls, it was great seeing them interact and play with, the, with other kids, having us see and being a part of the community. We have a strong passion to go, and I hopefully you guys could see that, just how excited we are to join Matt and Terry there's definitely a lot of work to be done. There's 90, like I said in the beginning, 95% does not know Christ as their Savior. And we're not scared of going in there and breaking down the walls and say, stop identifying with this, but start looking to Christ. And as I say that, as we go down, I want you guys to understand that new life has a huge opportunity because to be partners of what's going on in Envision Miami. Because a successful missions is not a one-person or a two-family operation. As great as it is of having Matt and Terry and Laura and I going down to Miami, the best strategies, the best, you know, visions and being there is, doesn't exist just in us. But it is a group effort. And there's four types of people, qualities, to have successful missions. And I want you guys to pray and be challenged and say, what kind of quality do I have that I can help my Envision Miami be successful? To show the love of Christ. The first one is going. Going and be a part. You guys have a group coming up in, I believe, February, right? Having a chance to go. Going is the one step. And people can have all four qualities. People can have one or a mixture of it. But going is the one quality. The second one is equipping. How can I equip those who are going? How can I equip Laura and myself, Matt and Terry? How can we give spiritual guidance, advice? How can I equip? The third one is a huge one. The gift of the spiritual warriors. My bad. That doesn't make sense. Our prayer warriors. How can we need to have hearts broken, uh, people be receptive to God? Prayer is the success. Prayer warriors. We need purposeful prayer to say that as we go in, the the odds, the statistics say that the people are just going to blow right by us. But prayer can wake them up. Prayer can break that down. Prayer warriors. And the fourth one is those who have the spiritual gift of financial giving. Those who can sit there and say, I want to be partners with and make a difference. So we can do different activities like buying even hot dogs. As crazy as that sounds, the hot dogs can, with us being there and the hot dogs going and the prayers being received, it's a great way to break into the community and show the love of Christ. That's how all four of those qualities come together. And that's why I do want to let you know that as we are planning to come down in January, we still are in, uh, we still need to raise uh, $3,500 a month in order to go down and be a part of Envision Miami and make a difference and show the love of Christ 
to the darkness that is in uh, South Beach, South Miami. Uh, that's a breakdown if you want to be financial partners with us. It's about you know, 70 families or individuals at $50 a month would accomplish that goal. We can raise all 3500 right there. If someone wants to give $100 a month, that breaks it down to only 35 families or individuals. Whatever it is, whether it's prayer, giving, going, we want you guys to be a part of Envision Miami and want you to help us spread the word of Christ to those who are lost. Please, if this interests you, uh, there's our prayer cards right out there by the coffee bar, I think, or near it. They look like this as our goofy faces on the card. <laughs> Please also come up to us and talk with us. We would love to share with you guys what we're doing. On the back of the card, there's our information, our email address, our phone number. Reach out to us. Talk to us. And finally, I'd love to uh, break down a little bit more and talk with you guys around 4 o'clock tonight and just have, let you guys know about our process, our last six years of ministry and going to this point of right now. So thank you so much for having me here. Thank you so much for just being so receptive. Uh, I just want to pray right now before the guys come forward. Lord, just thank you so much for this opportunity of being here at New Life Church, Lord. Thank you for their willing hearts to serve. Uh, not only make a difference here in Saratoga, but Lord, just being able to um, be able to serve in West Virginia, Miami, anywhere around the world as they're making a difference here, there, and everywhere. Lord, just thank you for their kind hearts. Thank you for their vision. They're willing to say yes. And Lord, just I, I can't wait to see some of these guys down in Miami and work side by side together. And Lord, in their, their prayers, thank you so much for this opportunity. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Adam. Um, did you guys enjoy that?